0: boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash k-u-r-t. the great lockdown of 2020. It seems like a lifetime ago, right? And at that time, a lot of us took on new hobbies or rediscovered past interests. A lot of people baked. I know I baked, I made a lot of homemade pizza. That was my thing. Uh, But today's guest also picked up a pandemic hobby. And then unlike my homemade pizza, she turned it from a passion to a business, like a really cool, interesting business. Today's guest is Talia Boone, founder of Postal Petals, a store that sells DIY do-it-yourself flower arrangements. But it wasn't easy. So we'll hear about her journey from sports marketing to entrepreneurship, and we'll find out just how tough, but not impossible, it is to break into some industry. Talia, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kirk. Really, really excited to be here, excited for this conversation. No, absolutely.
0: So let's start at the top, start easy. What the
1: heck Is Postal Petals? So, Postal Petals, the way that I like to describe Postal Petals is as a multi touch point self care and wellness company that uses fresh cut flowers and DIY flower arranging um, as a tool for mindfulness and self care. So, at our core, what we do is we partner with domestic flower farms uh, to ship bundles of fresh cut flowers to our customers all across the country. We ship within the continental US um, for our customers to create their own DIY flower arranging. We like to say we're not a design house. We're not a floristry. We don't ship um, pre-designed arrangements. What we do is we curate the bundles of flowers um, that go in the box based on what we think will look good together. But then we leave it 100 percent up to our customer, the end user, to decide how to break those bundles apart um, and create an arrangement of their own that they could that they can be proud of. And through the process of arranging them, really help them to evolve their traditional experience with flowers from this ready-to-use product that is typically delivered to them by a professional florist. Maybe they put it on the table and enjoy it for a few days, then it dies and they throw it out. Instead of, you know, really focusing on it as that ready-to-use product, really um, encouraging them to experience um, the process of arranging them and in doing that, allow that creativity to help to relieve stress, anxiety, and to become really a part of their, an interactive part of their self-care routine.
0: I love it. And I, I, I just, my personality is, is fiddly. I like to fiddle and that just lends itself to a, a lot of interesting projects, hobbies, crafts, and it, my business, like e-commerce optimization, it's fiddling. And so when you have a, a physical thing and you're the one who arranged it, it may like you, you assemble, this is assembly. I have assembled my arrangement. Now I, now I feel I have ownership of it. Like it wasn't, I may have bought it, but it wasn't mine until I set it up the way I want. It's so I just, I I love, uh, I, lo- I love products um, and arrangements and presentations like this. And so if I were to order, if I were to place an order with you today, I'd get a box. In the box is bundles of of various flowers.
1: Yeah. So in the box is exactly that. So it's in, first of all, I love um, that term assembly, um, assembly required. I actually wrote it down like I'm still in that. Like I'm <laughs> going to integrate that in there that our flowers are absolutely <laughs> assembly required. Um, but yeah. So when you order our box and our boxes come in three different sizes, um, our beanie box is, um, is our, our smallest size box named after my forever dog daughter beanie. Um, and that comes with usually about six to eight bundles of flowers. Our second size is our medium size box called our middies. Um, and that comes with about anywhere from nine to, nine to 11 bundles of flowers. And then our biggie box, which is our largest size box, um, comes with anywhere from 12 to 15 um, bundles of flowers. And when we say bundles, we mean you will get like, you know, a bundle of dahlias, a bundle of sunflowers, a bundle of eucalyptus, but they're all, you know, one bundle of each of those flowers boxed um, in a very large shipping box. I always say to people, be prepared because our boxes are over three feet, um, over three feet long because these are, you know, long stem flowers. Oh. So we make we make sure to leave room for the stems to be as long as they are naturally so long as they fit within our box. That's why our boxes are so um, are so large. They're almost 40 inches long. Um, and that's intentional because that needs to be part of the creative process is you deciding, you know, the shape of your design, not just where the flowers go, but how dramatic you want it to be, how tall you want it to be. You know, some people love a really tall, lean arrangement where they have a very, a very, you know, kind of like deep, but, but, um, but. Um, skinny cylinder that they can just stick very, very tall um, stems into. And so we want to allow for people um to be able to do that. So we give them the stems as long as, you know, as long as they grow um, and then just leave it to you to, to cut them up. But yeah, they come in that box and in, in our box, it's got some, you know, some quick care tips around how to, immediately get your flowers unpacked from the boxes, you know, give them a quick trim, put them in water because it's important for people to remember that the flowers are traveling overnight, right? And so they are off of um, off water for anywhere from 18 to 24 hours. Typically, we usually will ship our flowers uh, to arrive overnight, always um, to arrive overnight. There's hiccups here and there with, with our deliveries um, where it will make, maybe be, you know, instead of the next day, it'll get there the day after. But typically, um, our flowers are so fresh that they 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 last just fine. Um, but we always tell people, put them in water right away, give them a few hours to, just like if, how you would with the house guest that's traveled a long distance, give them a glass of water, allow them to rehydrate, relax, recover. And then once they, you know, get their sorts about themselves and have a chance to um, get used to their new environment, they, you know, they're perked up and they're ready to go. And then we invite people to start designing um, through some instructions on our box, and then they can go onto our website for more.
0: I love the way you, the analogy used to describe that. Please tell me that is somewhere on the box, a pack-in, an email, the website...
1: Yes, it is. Because it's one of those things where, because people, and we absolutely do that. And the reason being is because, you know, a lot of what we're doing is, as I mentioned before, truly evolving the way that people are used to engaging with flowers. And so typically when people get flowers, they are either in water or literally just coming out of water. So people don't really understand that experience of flowers um, needing to be, Um, put inside of water to bring them back, right? They need, they, they don't really understand that process. And so the way that I explain it is to say, well, any, any weary traveler, you know, is the first thing they're going to want when they come to your home, which is the first thing you do when anyone comes in your home is you offer them a drink. You offer them something to drink. You offer them a refreshment because they've traveled to you and they are, they are likely parched or they need some sort of substance to, to kind of, you know, bring them into the space that they're in. And so we just um, encourage people to think of their flowers in the exact same way. And so be patient with them, be gentle with them, give them something that will make them comfortable. And then once they're, they're comfortable and brought back to themselves, they're gonna, they're gonna be good house guests.
0: <laughs> Selling flowers online and shipping them direct to consumer, there's, that's not unusual or new, but your format 100% is. I don't know that anyone else was doing this. How did you get started with it two years ago?
1: Yeah, well, Kirk, it's, it's, I'm glad you asked that because that's actually exactly how I ended up starting the company is because that did not exist in the way that I was looking for it. So my, my journey with flowers actually started several years ago. Um, a good friend of mine introduced me to flower arranging really just as a friend activity. She's like, Oh, you want to go and, cause we would just do, it's one of the, one of those friends that we always do like really fun, just new things, always doing something new. Um, and we would just randomly say to, Hey, you want to go horseback riding or, Oh, you want to go, you know, learn how to play bat game? Or just, we'd always just figuring out something different to do. And so she had started um, flower arranging and she was like, Hey, I think you'll actually like this. Why don't, let's try that as an activity. So we did it and I fell in love with it. I really, really liked it. And not only did I like it, I started to find that it was very relaxing. Um, It was something I think about the creativity, something about kind of the, the, Mindfulness of mindlessness, if that makes sense, like just this kind of arranging the flowers stem by stem, i just I was drawn to that um in the work that I um was doing even before I started the flower company was really intense, right, so my background is that, which I'm sure we'll get into is in sports, um, and I was running and still do run as um, a, what I call a tactical solutions agency that operates right at the intersection of sports and entertainment, corporate and consumer brands and social impact. And whenever you're doing work in <clears throat> any kind of like impact space where you're dealing with you know any degree of human and civil rights issues, it can be incredibly stressful. And so I started to really utilize the flowers as a way for me to relieve that energy, relieve that stress. Um, and it just became a natural hobby for me. And then fast forward to the pandemic. Um, here in LA, we'd gone on lockdown. I think maybe the second or third week, I think of March. And initially, it was just meant to be just two weeks in the house, and then you know it, it'll be gone and we'll be fine. Well, by the middle of April, once it started to become really clear that this was not going to be just a quick two weeks or four weeks in the house, um, I started to get really a lot of anxiety and started to really be nervous just about what this meant for life, what this meant for the, for the future of, you know, myself, my business, my family, all of these things. And I'm expressing these things to my therapist and, um, and she's hearing me really, you know, kind of struggle with anxiety in this way. And she just said, you know, Talia, I have not heard you talk about arranging flowers in a while. Why don't you try that and see if that helps you to kind of relieve some of this anxiety that you're feeling? and help you to kind of reset, um, reset so that emotionally you can start to kind of think about some really healthy, you know, healthier ways to begin to process what's happening. And so I was like, oh, you know, that's a great idea. And, um, then I immediately was like, oh, I'll head down to the LA flower market. Cause that's where I would typically go. Um, once I started getting into arranging, I would just go down to the flower market, mill around, just grab, you know, whatever I thought would look good, barely ever knowing the names of any of the flowers I would just pick, you know, off of colors and textures and all those things that I would think would look good together. Um, but the problem was that the LA flower market was closed um, because of the lockdowns. And so, you know, I just thought, Oh, well, I'm sure everybody's shipping everything right now. I'm positive. I'll be able to find someone that could ship me, you know, flowers to my house that I can arrange. Um, and so I started looking and could not find anything. I, you know, you found, you know, people who'd send you arrangements, but that's not what I wanted. I didn't want flowers for the sake of flowers. I wanted flowers for the experience of arranging them. And so, um, I ended up finding online this wholesale flower distributor that shipped very large volumes of flowers to his clients all around the world, retail clients around the world for like weddings, events, that kind of thing. And so I called him really just, you know, with the audacity to see if I could convince him to reduce his minimums um, enough for him to just send me a small box of flowers for me to arrange at home. And so he right away told me no but he was patient enough to explain to me why. And so two and a half hours later, we were still on the phone, you know, kind of talking about the floral industry and um, all of these different things, and by the end of that conversation, I recognized two things. I recognized one that what I was looking for did not exist in the marketplace in the way that I was looking for it, and then two that there was an opportunity for me to enter the floral industry because, you know, as I mentioned before, that you know he would ship a lot to retailers who, you know, would have you know um, you know do weddings and events and those kind of things. None of those things were happening because of the lockdown, right? And even you know big. Flower farms, particularly domestic flower farms that um, that, you know, even had big deals with like grocery stores and things like people were stockpiling toilet paper at that time. They were not thinking about flowers in any way, shape or form. And so a lot of the domestic flower farms were suffering and suffering greatly and looking for new ways to bring their product to market. And so with all of those facts in mind, immediately on that call, by the time I got off the call, the the, the kind of rough idea for what is now postal pedals um, came to me. And I asked him right in that moment, like, hey, do you think something like this could work? Um, and he thought about it for a second and he just said, you know, if you'd have asked me this four months ago, I would have said probably not. But now, you know, thinking about the current state of the floral industry, um, it, it probably could work.
0: Didn't get that BB gun you wanted for Christmas? With Zipify Pages, the only thing you'll shoot is your Shopify revenue. Through the roof. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Zipify Pages is a powerful landing page and sales funnel builder for Shopify merchants. All Zipify templates are tested and proven by a $165 million e-commerce brand, so you know they actually work. This holiday season, you can copy entire templates like Black Friday sales pages and proven holiday promos. Or use the drag and drop builder to create your own custom templates. Then publish your pages directly onto your Shopify store. And you don't need a designer or developer. Plus, all pages are optimized for mobile and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,000 Shopify merchants. To start your free trial in time for the holidays, go to zipify.com kurt. That's Z I P I I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. There's several interesting things there. So like the the pandemic, you were suffering with a lot of anxiety with it um, early on. It, I can relate. I like distinctly remember I'd wake up in the morning and then moments later I'd remember, oh shit, this again. I was like... And then, the, you know, the anxiety would return. And you'd have, like, that brief moment when you first wake up before you'd remembered it. And so you went back to the, this hobby you enjoyed that was, like, a, a practice of... I love that phrase, uh, mindless mind mindless mindfulness, I think was yeah. what I was, described yeah. it as. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. like, it, just, it really it, it focuses your attention without being, like, terribly taxing. You know, like, we're not doing algebra here. You had to solve a, a pain or problem for yourself. And that's often how these businesses start. So, it, You're trying to pursue this hobby that you love and you can't get the local, the flowers um, the way you want them. And so you're like, all right, I'm going to fix this. And you went and found someone who, uh, clearly you were able to engage with them because they spent enough time on the phone with you and you were able to, from there, that was where that business idea was born. You needed someone in the industry to go, yeah, I
1: think that could work.
0: So what is the, what's the beta there? Is it like just to, what are you trying to validate with it?
1: Well, really it's proofing the concept, right? And the one thing that I didn't say that I should have is that when we launched um, beta in July, we had nearly 20 farm partners signed up to ship for us. And so what that looks like is, you know, and and so when you're thinking about in beta, really that is it's testing all all sorts of things. Is there a market for this? Do people, do people want to arrange flowers or is this only something that I like to do? Um, one of the thing one of the learnings you know with beta it's all about you know testing you know the functionality of your website testing you know the marketplace to see if if there's interest for it but also you know testing models of the business right so you know does the price point work one of the very first learnings within i'd say the first 36 hours um int- initially the shipping for the boxes was free it was initially free And, um, within 36 hours after people started buying, I was like, Oh yeah, we can't, it can't be free. Because as I started to realize how incredibly expensive it is to ship flowers, I realized that there's, there's no way that the company could sustain without, um, without charging for shipping. And even now we don't charge really what we are, what we are, what it costs us to ship. Um, but at least what we use the shipping cost to try to at least offset. Um, offset some of those, um, some of those fees. But in beta, that's really what it was learning what worked and what didn't work. We learned that people had to pay for shipping. We learned that, um, initially the thought was, um, that we would decide what boxes they get and it would be a surprise for people all the time. But then I started feeling this anxiety around picking which box people get. And so that's when we said, okay, we're not doing that anymore. Now we're going to give people every. Um, I think at that time we were giving them ten or twelve selections to choose from. We've narrowed that down to to six, just because we don't want so many SKUs Because we've realized we can streamline a lot of our um, our backend admin and even people's understanding of of what we do by giving them less options. You know, it's always. I always say the less options I have, the more decisive I'm, um, you know, I'm able to be. And so we've just, you know, these are the learnings that we've got, um, we've gotten over time. And then also too, just very direct feedback during that beta phase, asking friends and family, like, hey, what do you think when the flowers came? You know, how were they packaged? Um, was you know, did you did your flowers last? Did you enjoy the process? What could have made it easier? Um, all of those things. And so um, it really was a proper a proper beta um, time frame. And then when we came up. Um, And that six week period, initially I was planning beta to just be three or four weeks, but we needed more time um, to build out certain aspects. And even now we're constantly tweaking and evolving um, the offering, the language, all of these different things, because, you know, we're learning from our customers, we're learning about how to use, um, how our product can be used based on the way our customers are using. Um, So we, you know, kind of integrated merch in there because, you know, we made some, you know, cute little sweatshirts for ourselves and people are like, oh my God, those are so cute. Can we, how how can we get those? And I was like, actually, perfect. We'll just add that onto the site too. And it just made it, um, it made it really easy. So again, we just kind of listened to the way our customers are using the product and um, taking a lot of their insights in and just adjusting accordingly.
0: Is the, the merch, is it print on demand?
1: Yep. We'd work with uh, Printiful. So it's print on demand. There's some stuff that we're going to actually, um, that we're actually right now getting printed for the new year, I mean, for the holiday um, that um, our print on demand partner doesn't have. Um, but we're going to, we we trust that the, the demand is enough for it there that we would we don't mind kind of warehousing some of that product and then being able to push it out um, ourselves over the holiday.
0: Yeah. I'd love those yeah uh those print on demand services where it's like oh just in time manufacturing like the product doesn't have to exist until someone orders it and then they handle it and it is like especially early on it it really simplifies the process and like the number of things you can get made in this so
1: many things
0: this method now wow like you can even do it like uh i don't have not wearing it now but they'll embroider shirts for you now which is pretty cool
1: Yep. They absolutely will. And then what's, what's great about it, and I don't know if you've ever, you know, kind of priced around other options, um, for, for, um, for warehousing merch, but, you know, unless you get into the thousands of, you know, with it as it relates to units, their pricing is actually pretty comparable on, with the print on, um, print on demand versus larger, um, you know, kind of buying them in larger bulk. And so it's one of those things where, unless it's something specialty, that we, that they don't offer and we want to, and we want to sell. I can, I honestly could envision us continuing to do print on demand for quite some time because we are successful doing it and there's no requirement to hold inventory and we're not having resources um, tied up. And, and that's really the beautiful thing about the model across the board is that it allows us the flexibility to, to ship um, as people want them versus, you know, kind of warehousing, you know, warehousing product
0: sound like you got a lot of customer feedback and I'm, I'm always banging the drum on the show. And just with clients in general that like, Hey, one of the most valuable things you could do is talk to your customers, like mm-hmm. phone dot app, That's the one yeah. that's going to make the most money. What, uh, what were some of the things that surprised you when you, cause you weren't sure like, yeah, this worked for you. You thought this was cool, mm-hmm. but until you it's out there and you're selling it, who knows if anyone else is going to care or have the same reaction? What were some of the things that surprised you when you talked to customers?
1: Um, what I, some of the things that surprised me was some of the ways they were using them. Um, Like I had, I started noticing we were getting people who were normally buying like biggie boxes throughout the year when it came time for holidays, end of school year, beginning of school year, they started buying biggie boxes. And so when we started asking questions about kind of, you know, we noticed there's a change in your buying behavior, talk to us about what you're doing. They were, they said, oh, well, we're actually using these um, with the kids, we're making hand ties for their teachers as teacher gifts. And so it started to become where we started seeing people um, use our products in ways that we not necessarily didn't intend, but didn't expect. And so, and then we're able to actually end up marketing against that. Because now we're like, oh, these can be neighbor gifts for the holidays. They could be teacher gifts. They could be that kind of thing. People starting to do, you know, birthday parties. Like, oh, can we do a workshop with you? Um, and then, you know, we, we want to have a birthday party for friends or we just, if the, our friends just want to get together. Because remember, we started it during the pandemic when everyone was still doing like, Zoom happy hours and you know Zoom you know, Zoom things um, Zoom like you're looking for Zoom gatherings um, for their friends and so that's how we started doing like the virtual um, flower arranging workshops. Was that those were our customers saying hey um, we we want to sh- we want you to ship all of the boxes to our friends and then we're going to get on Zoom is are you able to come on and show us how to do it and then we were like bingo we need to be doing. We need to be doing workshops in this way. So it was, it's that kind of stuff where you just kind of watch the way that they're using it. Um, when you see changes in behavior, just reach out and just say, Hey, you know, thank you for being a loyal customer. We noticed that you do blah, blah, blah. And and right now you're doing XYZ. Can you talk us through, you know, kind of what your, what your change, what this change is representing and how we can help you, um, to you know, kind of better utilize the flowers in whatever way that you're currently um, currently using them. And they've actually, you know, t- staying tapped into our customers is really what has helped us to really thoughtfully grow um, and expand, right? Like even um, our work in the B2B space, that came from customer outreach. We had um, actually a really uh, popular late night um, show reach out to us about doing flower arranging as part of their uh, corporate wellness um, activity. And that right away just put off all these um, light bulbs around how, um, how our flowers can use, some of which we're still working on so I can't share it um, totally, but it really, it helped me understand the ways in which we may be able to utilize our flowers in, in a corporate setting. And so that's how we, you know, started doing corporate team building activities, corporate health and wellness activities. Um, you know, we went and got all of our, you know, minority business um, certifications. So we're certified minority-owned business, certified women-owned business, certified, you know, women-owned small business, so that we could really start to, as we work with our corporate clients, really start to tap into and really maximize maximize their opportunity for spends with us because so many of them have you know, designated dollars that they've committed to spending with women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, small-owned businesses. And so us having those certifications are going to you know, be essential to helping the business grow, but we would not have so carefully and thoughtfully considered B2B were it not for our clients reaching out, people who had used our products as consumers and said, hey, I think this would be really cool if we utilize this product in as a team, um, as a team activity to kind of bring us all together virtually. And so um, so yeah, it's it's been very, very helpful in staying in contact with our customers that way.
0: Being in touch with these customers really led you to adding an entire successful sales channel to this business.
1: 100%, 100%, 100%.
0: I'm also glad you brought up um, the business certifications, like women-owned business, uh, because I've had clients say, "Hey, you, we're going to get this certification. We're going to put it on the site. We think we should. It feels right. But what's the what's the value of that? Do you know?" And I say, "I don't actually. Like it feels right. I think we should do it. But I really don't know what the the yeah. big advantage there is. And you really spelled it out for us."
1: Yeah, it's um it has been a tremendous value for us uh, for a couple of reasons. One, like I as I explained, it's you, yes, you can do corporate partnerships and get corporate clients without them, but when you have those certifications, those spins multiply because they can directly count the dollars that they're spending with you against their corporate mandates. Um, to spend with, with business owners in specific categories. So that's one, but two, you know, and I always say with anything, you get out of it, what you put into it. Right. And so I'm one of those people that stays incredibly engaged. And when you stay engaged, there's been so many corporate partners that I, that corporate clients that I met only because I have the certifications, right? Because it's not just, if you just get the certification and then never engage with the certifying entity again, you have completely missed a significant opportunity. Because part of the benefit, I would even say the more significant benefit in having um, your business certifications is the community that is built there, right? Because many of these certifying agencies, they have national conferences, they have, excuse me, regular programming where they're bringing in different corporates. So you're able to constantly pitch your product and service. Like, There's so many things like that. There's uh, so much business that I've gotten so much business that I'm, you know, currently kind of, you know, um, gardening, if you will, like, you know, planting seeds and tending the soil and really working on, you know, kind of growing these relationships that, you know, by this time next year, we're going to have a really solid, steady growth of corporate clients. And that's directly relating to um, the certifications that we've gotten in our our level of engagement with each of those certifying entities.
0: And you've got, it sounds like, are we starting to hear some of your your sports marketing background those that skill set come through in this business where cuz like you were working with NFL players you you were a big deal are a big deal
1: <laughs> I I did I did well there. I did well there. So I started um in PR. I was doing sports PR um for first the then San Diego Chargers and um and then the Washington team, then Redskins now commanders, uh moved me to the Washington area to work with them. And so I worked with the teams for a few years and then Um, ended up working for individual players. I worked with um, players on their like foundations and nonprofit endeavors, and then started kind of working with them on like business strategy and business management. And I always say any Good publicists, unless you just love the art of you know PR and pitching and that kind of thing, what I usually find with publicists is that as they evolve, they will almost always turn into some sort of brand strategist. and the reason being is because people hmm. don't realize it that publicists are not just um, some are, but for the most part, I am not the kind of publicist that is just pitching all the time. I'm also looking strategically at how I can position the client with partnerships in certain rooms, with certain opportunities that are going to help to raise their profile. Right. And so as you start to grow and, you know, the publicist kind of is really to, to me, I feel like a publicist is more so the Quarterback of the team, right? Because they're the ones who have the full landscape of not just what you're doing, but they're also paying attention to what everyone else is doing. And so they're the ones that can come to you and say, "Oh, I see this is happening over here. Why don't we look to partner with them? Because they're going to get this type of publicity, and I think it could be really good for us." And you know, it just kind of you start to see this landscape happening. And so I always say that that publicists oftentimes will transition into a strategist role because th- what happens is they start bringing different opportunities to the table, but they're really only eating off of this small publicist plate. But then when you transition into a brand strategist, you're now able to participate in all of these different things that you grow and bring together. And I really have always enjoyed really just putting those pieces together, which isn't, I don't think, too different. Um too, I'm disconnected from why I enjoy flower arranging because it really is just kind of putting together this this puzzle and I enjoy puzzles and strategy for me is just is pl- a puzzle building um and so yeah I I've, I've, I've been a strategist um for several years. Um, and, and to your point relating to the, 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 um, certifications, it's, it very much is a strategic move. And I'm very thoughtful, um, about the ways, um, the ways in which I move to grow the company. You know, it may seem like I've got so many different things going on and that's intentional because you can't, you know, you can't, um, you can't grow if you're singularly focused. You can be singularly focused, but you have to be thinking about all of all the different ways that that one singular focus is going to be elevated. And there's a, a lot of ways to skin a cat. Um, and so I'm just I'm just picking out all these different ways to get you know to drive subscriptions um, for the flower boxes. And that looks like corporate clients. It looks like you know um, floral art installations. It looks like interactive areas where people you know, live events, we do, you know, community wellness events, all of these things that, that we know are, are helping one to build community, and then ultimately to start to drive, um, drive subscriptions.
0: Well, I, I love that your worldview is, these are all puzzles to solve, whether that's like business strategy, uh, or a, a flower arrangement. And then the larger goal of, hey, if we can familiarize with that, that strategy, then you've got your long term in your short-term strategy, and everything just fits into this larger puzzle. It's just puzzles within puzzles. That's it. That's all it is. This episode was brought to you by the team at Rewind, a trusted Shopify app since 2015. If you're a Shopify partner, join leading agencies like Milk Bottle Labs, Velstar, and Mac Digital Designs, and more in the Rewind Agency Partner Program. You can earn up to $2,000 for recommending Rewind to your clients. And you can rest easy knowing that the hard work you've done for your clients is protected. If you're a merchant, feel confident and enjoy peace of mind that your store is always safe with automated backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Learn more about by looking up Rewind in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30 day free trial. I, I think we're, we're starting to hear a little bit of how you were able to get this off the ground because the hardest part of starting a new brand, especially with, this is a somewhat new concept too, is getting the audience. No one knows who you are, so no one cares yet. They don't know they should even care. So how did you find, how did you find your tribe? How did you get people to care?
1: Well, so first it started again with our beta. Just went out to friends and family, asked them to please um, share um, with other people that they knew, and then also very early on, I tapped into you know my background in PR, right? So I reached out to different contacts I knew at different outlets and said, "Hey, I'm starting this new company, and I pitched the angle like you know I'm a I'm a." Um, a uh, Black woman at starting this company that is disrupting the floral industry. It started during the pandemic. I hit all of these different angles. And, you know, we were featured in Forbes and, you know, Black Enterprise, Essence, GQ, Good Housekeeping. You know, we were able to get really great coverage in our early days primarily because um, I have that PR background and I know how important, two things I know. One, I know how important awareness is, right? And how important it is for people to see you in the press and to see you in credible outlets. Because whenever you are one Bringing a product that, um, that, you know, your a company, a brand that people don't recognize, you, it's either reviews or it's a media validation that's going to make people um, start to have confidence enough to give you their money to try your product. The second thing is, um, you need, um, to b- bring awareness to your brand. And the reality is, is that um, traditional earned media is the least expensive way to do that, right? Like when you're a new company, you don't have the resources to, you know, do a full-fledged marketing campaign or a full-fledged advertising campaign. But what you can do is maybe if you're a publicist, like, you know, like a recovering publicist like I was, or if you, you know, have some resources, I would say put it into PR because, you can get a lot and we we track that because that's the beautiful thing about the Shopify platform is that you can track where your um, customers are coming from. And we can see that, you know, so many of our customers are coming from Good Housekeeping, they're coming from the GTQ article, they're coming from all these different places. And we can say, we can look at it and see, okay, these are the type of outlets that are drawing you know that are really driving business to our sites so then we start to focus on pitching those outlets and so that becomes that becomes our form of advertising and marketing because we again we could never pay well i shouldn't say we can never pay we are not currently in a position to pay for these you know six seven figure um, marketing and advertising campaigns um, but doing it through through Um, through PR and through earned media is a really great way um, to get the word out. And so we've been, again, very strategic about um, that being a a, a really, um, a really intentional focus for us and it's, it's, it's worked. So essentially quite a bit of our business has grown just, just by uh, word of mouth.
0: I, and there is no better source of qualified traffic than word of mouth because Mm -hmm. they know your story because you told it and To your point where you said, hey, like, this is kind of how I position myself to tell that story. Mm -hmm. I was on the receiving end of that. Like, I got the pitch and it it lined (laughs) up with your bullet points. And it was and I get a lot of pitches and most of them are just like they're soggy and lame. And I saw yours Mm. and it was like two seconds later. I I was like, yeah, that's a no brainer. Okay, yes, please. Yeah, (laughs) just pick a date. Let's let's record. Thank
1: you. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that because I also too realize that if it's not interesting, nobody wants it. Um, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not, um, crafting interesting. I do think that the brand is interesting. I think we're doing really cool things. I think, you know, yes, we're disrupting the floral industry. I do think that that's really cool. I think the idea that, you know, we're saying to people like, yo, we all like flowers, but you guys are using them wrong. Like that's something that if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, what? How do you mean? What do you mean I'm using them wrong? And then having to. go through the process of trying to help people understand how they could really maximize their relationship with flowers, right? It's this idea of using flowers for self-care, like that's mind-blowing, you know? And I didn't even think about um, flowers in that way until I started engaging with them. And then there's the, you know, these fun tidbits about, you know, I, I'm obsessed. I always read stories about people who have started businesses um, during the pandemic, right? Like you, if you look at, you know, historically speaking, when you see some of the, the greatest wealth um, globally, that's been built. It's been built in times of, um, of intense either recession, like economic depression. Or um, or times of great uncertainty; those are the times when great um, wealth is typically is typically built. And so, those kind of stories really fascinate me. I am um, an information nerd. I um, I am culturally um, diverse. I'm socially diverse. I'm informationally diverse. I just love information and insight. And so, um, I appreciate you saying that. You know, you know, you getting the pitch and immediately you were like, "Yo, this is this is awesome." Um, I I appreciate that because I. I like to be interesting because I'm drawn to interesting. And I think that this company is, I'm I'm obsessed, fully obsessed with this company.
0: So you're in an interesting position, right? You started this at, we were like deep in the pandemic. Um, Summer 2020 is when this really goes live. How has, have you seen shifts in consumer trends, demand, like self-care really took off in 2020. We're like, look, let's buy ice cream and sweatpants that's what's hot. A little different now. What have you noticed?
1: So what I've noticed is, and I'm again, going back to being thoughtful about trends, right? And being strategic and really paying attention to the landscape. And so when I went um, and started getting my minority business certifications, a lot of the reason that I did that is yes, of course, because they're, you know, the price points are bigger and, you know, it's a great way to, to reach an end user and you can you know, you're working with the corporate, but you're, you know, the safe assumption is if a corporate is paying for an employee to have this experience, that the, the employee likely makes enough money to be able to utilize the product. So the, all of those things are true. But the other thing that I started to realize was that there were going to be, people were still going to be able to utilize our flowers, utilize them in the way that they had been. But I think there it, it would be a shift. So it wouldn't be as virtual as it was before. Now it's starting to look at how can we engage with people IRL in real life. And so, with our corporate clients, we thought, okay, now that um, outside is starting to open up and they they need to start le- learning, you know, figuring out how to bring people back. Nobody wants to go back into the office. And so that messaging started to shift around, like, hey, you know, um, how can we help you bring your employees back into the office? Let's set up wellness spaces in your in your offices where employees can come and. You know, have a mini mental escape during the work day and arrange flowers. How can we, you know, have a day where even if it's not, you know, we're leading them through workshops, let's, you know, have fresh cut flowers in whatever that gathering space was in the office before, um, before you went away to the pandemic, you know, everybody went away to work from home because now most workforces are anywhere from 50 to 70% new people than who they had when they first went away. And so the corporate culture for in office doesn't really exist anymore. And so it's looking at how can we utilize our flowers and our our services to help people kind of redefine and reintroduce corporate culture um, to the employees and entice them, at the same time entice them to come back into the office. And then with our consumer um with our consumer, uh, our, our direct customer, we're also saying, you know, we can continue to use the flowers in the way that we talked about, but let's also think about how we can build community in person, right? And so earlier this year, we started doing, you know, our, our regular community wellness events where we're not we're stopping we're not you know kind of stopping at just saying let's arrange flowers, we're saying let's you know have a full morning of wellness, let's do gentle yoga some some sort of body movement, let's you know tend to our mind and do a guided meditation or a sound bath meditation, and then let's bring that energy into a really peaceful you know floral design um, experience where you can really start your day off um, and let the flowers kind of you know let the flowers be a reminder of this time that you spent in mindfulness and those kind of experiences while they can be done virtually, they're done quite better um, in in the real life setting. And so we've just started to pivot as we see people, um, you know, now beginning to be outside. We're meeting them, you know, we're meeting them where they are. So instead of doing virtual workshops, we're saying, Hey, meet us in the garden. Let's meet us in the botanic garden. Let's do, you know, we did a big event at the South coast botanic garden a couple of weeks ago. Um, and as a part of that event, we had two wellness sessions. And those wellness sessions sold out just like that because people, you know, are excited about self-care, they're excited about their wellness, and they're also excited about being able to do those things outside and in relationship um, with other people. And so so it doesn't, the, the pandemic, you know, essentially ending doesn't change our business model. It's still meeting people where they are, because the good thing about the pandemic is two things, or several things happen, but two things that we focus on is one, that people really did get into the DIY space and they really got into the space of really wanting to have some sort of a say in what the end product um, of any product that they're using looks like, feels like, um, and how they experience it. And so we are giving them a product that exactly does that, whether they're in the pandemic or not, we're, we're still here and can offer that. The other thing is that people became very aware of how important it is to, you know, pay attention to their mindfulness, pay attention to their emotional and mental health, um, and really be intentional about practicing self-care. And again, we're still here providing those services and can meet you exactly where you are. We can still ship you bottle, you know, boxes of flowers to your house, but then we can also do you know, uh, real life events to start to bring people together and introduce them um, to this concept of flower arranging um, as a, as a form of, of mindfulness and self-care, um, in a way that we weren't necessarily able to, to, to touch them before. So our work continues. It just looks a little bit different, um, because we're not having to stay operating in that virtual space. We can now start to get out and touch people, uh, which I'm really excited about.
0: I love the, the trends we're seeing here that survive the pandemic. They're like, they're, they're here to stay. They're not going away. Self-care and mindfulness for sure. Uh, we have this idea, like remote's not going away, but also we have this return to the office and work that has not been thrilling for most folks, right? It's like, how do you do that in in, in an intentional way that doesn't come across as like, well, we got middle managers who just need to be up in your business. So get back in there, buddy. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work, <laughs> nobody wants it. And then, so like, if you have a product that can, and like, if you just want to be like, all right, people got to go back to work and I sell DIY flower arrangements. How do we market that? I go, I don't know. But you come up with these very clever um, methods uh, to insert your brand and your product and then into that discussion and space and make a profit doing it and gain new customers doing it. It's, again, you're just like solving puzzles over here, uh, playing 4D chess. And then the the other trend, and this one I've noticed too, this is one of my favorites, is just that explosion of of. DIY hobbies, interests, uh, communities around skills, because you had people looking for stuff to do. And so, like, this can really apply to all kinds of things. But if you're in uh, adjacent to any of those spaces and you can get involved with that community, really, that's very beneficial as well. Um, And even just like adding, you know, customizable uh, personalized or uh, DIY lesser versions of your products could be uh, quite, quite helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. What's next for, for Talia and Postal Petals?
1: We are um, continuing to grow our, you know, our consumer offering. Um, You know, we're really excited going into the holiday season. We've got some really, um, really cool surprises, kind of like limited drops that we're going to be doing going into holiday season. You know, one of the things that we've also been really intentional about um, at the beginning of this, um, was supporting smaller, you know, small women owned, uh, minority owned businesses and also local businesses. And so, um, you know, we're looking for some ways to continue to collaborate with uh, with local florists that have like national offerings, like national audiences, I mean, and be able to help them to get their um, their products to their audiences in cities that could never, you know, th- who live in cities and would never be able to get access to a fresh arrangement from their favorite florist. Um, uh, outside of a collaboration with Postal Petals, so we're looking at some really cool uh, collaborations in that way. Also, some really cool um, curation collaborations. We were working with some different um, visual artists to curate <clears throat> bundles of flowers that uh, that kind of fit the aesthetic that their audience are looking for. Um, we've got some really cool um, corporate opportunities that we're that we're building out. I think the corporate space is going to be a really really major major space for us. We're also which I'm really excited about as we start to get into um, this, you know, floral art and floral art installations and using that as a way. Again, this whole thing of, uh, you know, us really evolving people's relationship with flowers um, and showing them that flowers can be a part of their lifestyle in a way that's more than just, you know, um, observing, but really interacting. Um, with them, because with our through our floral art installations, there's always an interactive, engaging piece for those. And so there's you have some we have some really cool things coming up with some pretty large events. Um, where people are going to be able to experience the flowers in a, in a new way, but then also be able to engage directly um, with them. So we're really, I think what's next for us is, um, especially now that outside is open, is a really intentional drive towards um, essentially with flowers saying, allow me to reintroduce myself because we are truly coming in and really saying to people like, hey, we, you thought you knew, but you have no idea. Come see what these flowers can do. And so there's a lot going on and we're really, really excited about it. Um, and so, um, yeah, just keep watching us. We're at postal pedals across all social media platforms, um, on postalpedals.com. Um, if you want to, you know, get a box or just, um, get a subscription for a friend or, or two or three or four, um, we do gift subscriptions as well, but, um, but yeah, I'm really excited about what the end of this year and uh, and beyond has for us because there's a lot of really great things brewing. It's been a lot of hard work for the last couple of years, and feels like we're getting ready to start seeing a lot of fruit from that labor come um, come to the forefront. So I'm really excited.
0: It it, it does sound ac- incredible. Like I'm am, I'm am thrilled to have you share that story with me. I love that it, it's so focused on, uh, on on DIY and just the whole thing. It is wholesome and positive, right? It, it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> so I I know I have to go grab one of these boxes. Uh, Please do. Thank you so much for joining us. Talia Boone, postalpedals.com. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much, Kurt.
0: E commerce marketing is changing. Email is no longer the only way to build relationships with customers. SMS is now the fastest growing sales channel for online brands. And if you haven't gotten started yet, I know what you might be thinking. My customers don't want to receive text messages. Or, I don't think I could drive ROI with SMS. But here's the thing SMS is where you find your best customers. You don't need to have thousands of SMS contacts to drive meaningful revenue, and merchants see up to a 250% increase in engagement and conversion rates when they pair email and SMS together. Text marketing is here to stay, my friends, and Privy is the fastest way to get started. Privy gives you access to all the tools you need to grow your SMS list and send money-making text messages, plus their full suite of website conversion and email marketing tools. And the cherry on top? You'll get one-on-one coaching and support no matter where you start with Privy. Ready to get started? Or just learn more? Go check out Privy on the Shopify App Store and see how you can get started for free today.